Welcome to Real Talk with Rio and Murph, the most niche podcast on the internet. This week's sponsor is Wood Elf Rezone Hits. Was it worth it? Okay, this is episode 42, and we are into day 35 of round 35. Uh, so we're just 12 days left. The end game is in sight, and there are still a few realms in with a shot, wouldn't you say, Murph? I would say there's probably three legitimate realms in contention, that being Realm 1, Realm 4, and Realm 6. Would you say that's a fair assessment? Yeah, I would, and I think that's probably been the case for the good majority of the round, especially the last kind of two or three weeks. Yeah, and uh, this week we are joined by uh, a fellow Black Opera, Rush. You want to say hi? Rush, does the cat have your tongue? Was I supposed to say more than hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, so we can hear you. Yeah, hello, 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 everyone. Now, Rush, why would you say uh, I omitted your realm from the uh, contending realms left? Well, I think you're just being accurate. <laughs> I don't think our realm is in contention for the win. Um, maybe in the first half of the round, we were gunning for that position but um our converters uh didn't manage to successfully convert uh, and our fast attackers are all dead so we're just uh, a rogue blops realm now but i thought you always have to not war to protect your converters because they're always you know trying to convert on the best possible uh, numbers yeah, well, this this is what agitates me about converters every round is they're constantly telling you, oh, we, we can't go to war because I'm doing my convert. Actually, it's not usually the converter themselves. It's somebody else in the realm goes to bat for them and says, we can't go to war or this guy will get flamed or, or you know, uh, we'll, we'll ruin our chances of the win for the end game. Uh, so you go, okay, fine. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. You sit in your hands for one to two weeks while the, the converter finishes their convert. And then at the end of it, they say, Sorry, guys, I fucked up my convert. <laughs> not going to be uh, quite the heavy hitter that you were hoping I was going to be. And that happens every single round. It's the blopper's lament, as far as I'm concerned, because you're constantly just waiting for them to finish up their convert, and then it just fritters out, usually. Converts are really hard to do, in fairness. Like It's really difficult to get the timing and, and, and get all that right. So I do appreciate that it's a difficult thing to do, but goddamn, it is irritating every round. Rio, what do you what do you think about converters? Yeah, I'm kind of on the same side as Rush with this. Like, I I think converting is probably it's it's almost like a safe way of generally being pretty competitive. But I'd always be much happier if a converter won if they'd been involved in the mix earlier on with like the realm going to like to war and black ops someone at least, or you know if they had like fast attackers as well. Um, just kind of like staying on the sidelines hoping for an easy ride and then kind of just kind of like jumping in mid game is always just a little bit irritating for me. Um, and I kind of think like, why wouldn't you let your realm kind of like show what they're capable of um, going after whoever the threats are and um, kind of like almost like scaring people off. I don't think converters are really kind of going to be the main target for backlash. Um, and they can eat quite easily kind of like pump 
wizards or spies or whatever they need to kind of defend themselves anyway if they're um, pre-convert because they're still kind of explorers at that stage so um i i wouldn't if i'm a converter i've got converted in a realm like i probably wouldn't like that excuse early on Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't like it either. Uh, I know I know Murph's got a different perspective on how he handles <laughs> taking realms to war and things like that. But uh, for for us, it seems to be it's it's probably three or four rounds on the trot now that we've had some sort of scenario like this um, where you you just miss out on a lot of wars in action because you're looking after your own guys. Yeah, I know for the converters, for anybody that's converting in my realm, you know. Buckle up, buddy, because you're going to war multiple <laughs> times. Yep. And I don't give a shit about how good your convert's going to be. You just fix it along the way, you know? And it looks like we might have Dan here now joining us. Dan, uh, Dan, you with us? What's up, fellas? Hey, I'm glad you could make it. We just basically started here, too. Yeah, sorry, I was getting some ribs going on the grill. Oh, so you're potting and grilling at the same time. What'd you say, cotting? Potting. Potting? What are you saying? I can't hear you. Yeah, it's with a P, a pod. Oh, potting. Yes, potting. Yes. So we were just talking about converters there, Dan. What's, uh, what's your stance on converters? Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I've never actually done it myself. Um, but it seems like it's not a very strong strat right now, unless you do it quickly. Yeah, because I don't think, well, actually, you probably have one converter, right? With you, that Wood Elf, I think, is the only converter you have. I think technically we have two that I know of, um, but he he waited about he converted and then dark elf as well. Uh, he he's in uh, I I think he just made his first hit or two or, or something and um, yeah he's I think he's having a rough go at it. Yeah, it's just, it's an easy ride, but sometimes it doesn't get you where you want to go, right? Yeah, it sure is nice getting past that first two or three weeks without, you know, having to worry about anything. Would you say you were worried about stuff the first couple of weeks there, bro? I'd say I probably pulled about half my hair out the first couple of weeks. That wasn't anything to do with our realm, Dan. I'm in nine, by the way. You said you're in nine? Yeah, along with uh, Sly and Downright Dave. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun for a little while. Really got me with that, that war and snare. I think I cried that I mean, night. You were actually, 
you'd made it out of range out of most of the black hoppers so quickly as well, and that snare hit just brought you back down into our domain. Yeah, it's just you got to keep growing as fast as you can. Um, and luckily, what was it, Murph? You guys went after someone, or someone went after you. What was it? It was. I can. It's hard to remember now. It's been a month. Um, but right away, someone else got taken out instead of up instead of me. Uh, in our Liz. So yeah, it you know, luck has a lot to do with it too. Yeah, we opened war with Realm Seven. Yeah, so I think you guys took seven out, right? And what they have, they had a Firewalker and a Liz. So it really took them out of the race for a while. Yeah, we effectively killed the Firewalker out of the gate. Yeah. He was dead. Yeah. And then the Liz went efficient and picked up some steam on the Sueys. And then did a Suey himself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're the top dog, you got to expect a Suey or two, right? Yeah, a Suey or two. They were at five now. Oh, you collected five? I have three on me. Uh, Swamp has one on him. And then our icer just ate one from your gnome the other day. Oh, yes, yes. Good times, good times. You know, it. in all honesty, though, what should have happened, and it was just uh, a question of time, was what was going to happen was your ice skin was going to be tripled. He was going to be hit three times by us. But unfortunately, one of our guys just was delayed by five minutes. And in that five minutes, we just didn't put the triple on him. So it's unfortunate. Or is it fortunate? Well, it's unfortunate for us. Because I like myself a good triple, you know? Yeah, I think uh, you guys tucked your tail and ran, though, didn't you? Oh, you, you want to invite us back? I mean, we'll come back, bro. You give us mutual, and then we'll we'll see who wins that. It makes no difference to me personally at the moment. Well, I, yeah, none of this shit's going to be coming to you, that's for sure. It's your realmies that are going to be a little upset with you. I'm in retirement now. I did just want to um to, to jump in down and say it's it's kind of been interesting this round in that you guys your your whole realm like round one has been pretty much kind of like in lead or or close to the lead right from like pretty much right from the start in terms of like you know yourself as a fast attacker then you've had like some pretty strong slow attackers coming in meanwhile most round have kind of been they're the ones kind of causing all the noise um almost doing the the majority of the takedowns maybe um with, with some help from from elsewhere like realm nice how do you feel the the rounds kind of gone from your perspective like i just interested in you kind of like talking through what happened from you know your lead position to then kind of like transition into supporting the uh the slower attackers so i mean yeah we got off to a fast start or you know i got off to a fast start um had some luck there it never really felt like I, you know, had a 
comfortable lead ever, honestly. Um, I think the <clears throat> most comfortable I got throughout the run was probably after um, four Liz hit the Firewalker in two. And then I was able to come back around and and hit him. It you know I was actually able to sleep a few hours those couple of nights. Um, uh, but I yeah, so it's been tough. I mean, even after that, it's been hard to find targets. It was really hard to find targets. Um, everybody's been really tight on their DP. Um, and I don't know if that's like a. I don't know if it is the case that people are playing just ended up playing a lot a lot more people ended up playing like a slow attacker you know and kind of were out of my range you know for a while um so there really wasn't as many targets as there normally is i'm not usually in that position so i don't know how you usually goes for the guy on top um but yeah it's it's been really tough we, we never really got out to that real comfortable lead um you know, I don't know if, and you could probably tell me, I, you know, <laughs> do you ever get to a spot where you're comfortable and you don't have to pay attention to things? But, you know, I, that definitely was never the case until I deconverted, you know, a few days ago. So, yeah, so for me, it's there's definitely, there does come a point where things can tip and you balance, but... I think for the early part of the round when you're a fast attacker and lead fast attacker, there's always the constant balancing um, between um, potentially taking chances on hits. Um, you need to balance your offense and your defense. And then I think something where we're kind of like you got caught out on is you're always going to have to have one eye on what kind of blackout potential is going to be around as well, um, particularly when there's like these larger realms as well. Um, Really, it's just a case of, um, in terms of, like, you really can't sleep um, properly, or at least you have to have somebody kind of, like, on watch that will be, like, available if anything kind of, like, big has happened, because, you know, you have to be watching out for mods, you have to be watching out for spec drops. I guess the one thing that would be interesting is, you've got a decent-sized realm with lots of people. Were, were they, did you have kind of ops on every potential target in range, or, or did you kind of, like, have to fend for yourself a little bit? So, I, it's it's. It, I mean, it's. I don't know. I I I feel like I've had the best op support this round than I probably have ever had, um, and that's obviously, I think, a part of what led to me getting out in front. Um, but I, uh, I wish I had more. <laughs> I wish I always knew what everybody was doing at all times. Um, and it wasn't the case. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like a, it's a fluid thing. Like you have people check in and they're active, you know, quite a bit and then they disappear and then, um, or not around as much. And, and then, you know, you just sit there and you pump OP for a while and, and wait for people to come back. So you get some ops and, um, but I, like I said, it, I have had the best ops, you know, from these guys. It's, we have a huge realm, um, and there's usually always somebody around and there's a couple of new players that we're playing with that are really excited to see me, you know, get out in front and 
they're helping quite a bit and I'm very appreciative of, you know, their support. Yeah, because I guess that's kind of like the part of it. It's not just having like the availability, but also having um having a couple people who can kind of like anticipate what others might be up to. Um, you know, like when you when you see like secondary like threats like the the third, fourth attackers then they're really kinda of like falling behind. At some point they're gonna do a big mod push or a big, you know, potential suicide push. And if you're in like op support are only kind of taking up some people that you're asking them to, um, they might not be like on the lookout for that. And that's often where sometimes like people get caught out from from something that you feel like, you know, in retrospect you might have been able to anticipate. So I guess if you're referring to the sueys I ate, I didn't really eat any that I didn't think that I was going to eat or uh, there was a potential for that to happen. Like, um, so the first one was what? Well, okay. I didn't really see the, the war coming from, from nine. Like that was definitely a shock at that point, but at that point you're kind of, you know, it was pretty early in the round and I'm just trying to build as many acres as I can to get out front so I don't have to worry about the black ops and they just kind of jumped in there at the time and before i really break away and you know it's it's you sit there and you protect yourself yourself down so you kind of just take that risk um the others like four doing me i mean i knew that was going to happen um i just wasn't i wasn't too sure if the nine liz can hit me i i thought that he had a opportunity to but i didn't think that he was gonna risk himself i knew if he did it he'd get blown up i thought he'd actually get more than he did um so i didn't think that he'd actually do it because in a good really good spot if i got sued that you know if he didn't sue me maybe he would have been in a better spot but I think at that point, um, I think our thought in the realm was that if he if he did manage to hit you, you would get chain hit by multiple people, and one of the people he expected to hit you was the Firewalker in two, uh, who who didn't. He, he then hit somebody else, um, so that kind of confused us and meant that we were in a, a we were on the back foot a little bit after that. Yeah, that Firewalker in two was just a real speed bump for most people, eh? Yeah, he's he's he really did help set the course of the start of the round, and not in a good way for anyone except maybe Realm One. <laughs> you guys hear me? I think I got disconnected. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, round two has just been a pretty unfortunate round for most of those guys in there. I'm looking through it, and there's a lot of red. That uh, that firewalker looked pretty strong for a while. I'm <laughs> I'm happy we went after him. You know, it was a definitely a debate uh in our realm 
you know, if we should do it. And I, I was pressing hard. I'm like, guys, we got to do it or else he's going to get out in front and all this will be for nothing. So let's go ahead and do it. Um, so definitely glad we did. Otherwise, he might have been running. And then later on, they're, uh, I think it's an undead. Yeah, they're undead, just fed crazy amounts of acres to everybody. I think he lost like over a thousand land in a 12 in hour stretch. That seems to be the case of a lot of the undeads still. Yeah, that I've got nothing but time, that guy. Come to think of it, didn't you guys war us? While, yeah, you guys warred us while we were – I was about to line up a giant hit on that guy, and you guys ruined it for me. Um, I think it was like another couple of hours I would have had him, but then you guys warred us and, something, and kept me from being able to hit him. And that would have been a nice little land game. Was that a sink or a snare? Because we've done both, right? can't remember what limited me from being able to hit but it was because you guys warred me I wasn't able to and I don't know if you know this did you know that I was about to get a, a 700 acre hit right before you guys sunk all my boats this last time uh probably Okay, yeah, because that was that might have put me back in the game. I was eight minutes away from uh, a 350-acre hit, <laughs> and someone must have logged on and took a couple more boats, <laughs> and then I couldn't do it. Yeah, who are you going to hit? The big kobold. He has Ares off. Right. Yeah, we we were just like, hey, guys, we need to get him sunk here this hour, right? I think it was like you had to wait till the next hour or something, right? Um, so I think there was the hour you guys warred and took my, or the hour that you guys took my boats, and then that next hour I could hit him, and I was gonna wait till the last minute, um, to hit him because it would have made me safe, I think. If I would have waited for the tick, because um, I was going to be able to protect myself, and eight minutes to go, like I'm sitting here, you know, I'm waiting, I'm refreshing, waiting to see if I think I I could only lose like two boats, and then all of a sudden my notifications lit up, and I'm like, oh, there go the boats <laughs> with eight minutes left. <laughs> there go the boats. Sorry, did you say you were going to hit our cobalt at night? Yeah, that's correct. Oh shit! Yep, that was. <laughs> we we had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Man, he's gonna be when he hears this podcast. He's gonna be wiping the sweat from his brow. <laughs> well, I don't know. Did he complain about him losing a bunch of draftees? <laughs> uh, he's ago? been catching. He's been catching tons of ops the whole time, so he's constantly complaining. <laughs> well, yeah, he lost a bunch of draftees from my realm maybe five or six days ago. And that was when I was going to light him up. Let's go. 
So I think this is probably a good point to um, to kind of take some some of the questions that we had people in Dom chat ask for us to talk about on the pod. Um, so one of them is kind of like semi-related to what we we're talking about. It's from Chunk, and he was saying he'd like to hear a discussion about the states of fast versus slow styles. Are fast failing because of good play from each other and blocks, or are they simply too weak? So um, Dan, since you're the uh, uh, the big fast attacker this round, how do you feel about that? Fast versus slow? I uh. So I know the the breakaways failed the last two rounds. Um, I don't think that's because it's it's not still a viable strat. I just think I I think a lot of times people overreact too quickly to you know what happens, and that's partly probably because it's their forty seven day rounds. Um, <clears throat> but I think I think fast attacking is still just as viable. I think the game's actually in a pretty good balance right now uh, for how I would like it. I think, you know, if you don't clearly break away, you know, you're not going to – it takes a lot, <laughs> right, right now to really break away because you have all the blops potential. As long as somebody's willing to do it, you know, they'll stop them. Um, and then the way that Liz is set up now is just ridiculous. and. And the way the meta is going right now, everybody's got their Liz, and you know you're going to have at least three of them up there that can, you know, have that suey potential out there to slow down the slow down the top guy. So I think it does a lot to to keep the the breakaway every round from happening. So I, I kind of like where it's at right now. I think some people maybe would have have a problem with Liz the way that it is right now, but I like it where it's at. Um, and you know, I I don't know what the update was for the bots, but it seemed like a lot of people this round definitely went more slow. Um, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, um, but you know, you had a lot, you know, mid fat, you know, mid slow. I don't know what you want to call it, but like a faster slow, you know, inefficient slow attacking style uh, seemed pretty effective this round, just because I got slowed down. Um, I, I I think the game's in a really good balance, and I I like where it's at. I guess it's kind of interesting because game dynamic wise, there were kind of there were like five runaways in a row or something until until last round, I think, and now it just seems to be two in a row. But yeah, other than the bot change, I don't think there's been too many changes that would, would swing that. It just seems to be just the uh, player styles have just um, moved towards slow. Um, and I kind of agree with you. I think it, it's. I think the runaway still has it's kind of like the first chance to win. It's just a question of whether people are willing to kind of like step up and kind of torpedo their own rounds, um, or do a concerted effort of like black ops to to really slow down like the the lead attackers. Murphy Graft, I don't know how how you guys feel about it. I would I would definitely agree with both of you. Um, I think the, the the balance does seem pretty good at the moment. I like that different styles are showing that they can win, and I like that finally the fast attacker meta seems to have come into competition. Um, I think this round we've seen um, less fast attackers. I feel like we've had less fast attackers than we usually see from the outset. 
Um, so there's been less competition among the first few weeks for, for who's going to be the top dog. Um, and I think that might have fed into the situation that we're in now where the, the stronger strategy has been to slow attack. Yeah, and I would say, you know, it comes down to a personal play style preference, right? Because some people just want to drive a Cadillac and some people want to drive a Ferrari, right? And if you're driving the Ferrari, you damn you damn well know you're not getting much sleep, right? So I think if you're driving the Cadillac, right, you can just go slow, relax, get your, you know, seven, eight hours of sleep in and just, just kind of be super chill about the round, right? So, you know, odds are, you know, 95% of the time your fast attacker is going to fail anyway. So, you know, if you want to have a good showing, good rankings, then you're just going to go, you know, slow attacker, I would say. And that'll give you the best chance of, of, of doing well overall and having like a nice relaxed round and be competitive towards the end. Whereas you got, you know, like a 5% chance to do very well at the beginning and then get crushed. 95% of the other time, right? So, yeah, that's that's where I feel. I feel like people just kind of want to just chill out a little bit more, so they're just taking the more easy and relaxed strat, which, you know, I can't blame them because I like my sleep too. Yeah, and that was definitely the kind of like the, the thinking behind my round this time. I had two pretty full-on rounds, so I, I wanted to go a lot more laid back. Um I would have liked to have won with a slow race, but that's not going to happen this round. Um, it was definitely always a case of thinking 5% chance of winning fast attacker, maybe even like 10% chance going slow attacker. I think I think the odds, just uh, if things remain balanced, felt, felt slightly easier to win. Um, there's also just a, a kind of like a, a related question from, from Zeddy. And he'd asked, you know, it seems to be the like fast attackers or slow attackers who are the only ones that um, with a chance of winning, maybe a quick convert. So, do we think that slower converts and uh, and explorers could do with some help, or is there anything kind of like wrong with the meta that those two kind of strategies don't really stand a chance right now? I'll I'll, uh, I'll answer that here real quick. Here, it's if you're gonna do a convert, you have to be fast enough to get in there in the window, right? If you're gonna sit back and get like shit ton of schools be super slow with it then don't expect to be competitive down the stretch because you need to you need to just commit to the convert relatively quickly you know you can't just ease your way into it yeah so, i get that I, I think i could have said that similar similar point in the past was saying no matter what strategy whether it's fast or so you have to be kind of like the best and worst the quickest of that strategy so even if you're going super slow, you have to still be up there ahead of all the other super slow people to have a chance. I'm okay with, you know, long conversions and, um, you know, the easier strats having a hard harder time <clears throat> uh, winning. I, I, I think that, you know, you should be rewarded for, you know, the effort that you're putting into the game. and. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, those are just too easy. Some You could just really sit back and log in every few hours and sleep every night. And, I, you know, if you're doing that, I don't think you should have a chance of winning. 
um, last round before Rio started his campaign of terror on all the explorers, I was I was quite amazed at just how big some of the explorers actually were. Like there were so many on just massive land, like almost incomparable to any other round that I've seen. Um, we're not seeing that this round for some reason, but I do think exploring well, can be really strong. We had the wonder though too, right? With us last round. Yeah, it wasn't just your realm though. Uh, it was it was multiple realms uh, had huge explorers, um, or just really really strong explorer finishes overall. Uh, so I do think under the right circumstances that strategy can definitely excel. Um, and I know there's there's a lot of support tools out there. Uh, I know Chunk Sheet can basically just, you don't even have to turn your brain on when you're exploring with that telling you what to do. So I, I think it's fine where it is, honestly. I don't, I don't think there need, the, the only thing that really concerns me about the current meta is that we're seeing just these absolutely stonking hits uh, of, of up to 800 acres being gained in one hit, which I think is a little bit extreme uh, and definitely makes for an unbalanced playing field if you are still wanting the explorer to have the possibility to win. I do think that needs to be looked at. But apart from that, I think it's 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 pretty good the way it is at the moment. So you think hits should be scaled down slightly as the as the round goes on? Don't know that I have a solution. I definitely haven't thought one out. Um but it does seem it just seems a bit wild that you can, especially you know, towards the end of the round where people start taking risks, um, they can start making these same hits that just leapfrog them up the ladder. Um, they could have been thousands of acres smaller just five days ago, and suddenly they're they're on top. It just seems a little um, top heavy towards the end of the round, uh, and I don't know how someone like an explorer who can only explore seven acres an hour or something like that by the end of the game is ever meant to be able to compete with that. Yeah, I think just the one kind of like counter to that is it typically the longer you get into the round, the, the longer, like the more days it takes between hits. So an explorer might be growing 150 acres a day, but an exasculator might not attack for five days and then make a 750 like acre hit. So you end up kind of like, you know, potentially getting the same amount of land in. Um, in the same amount of time, it just seems to all come at once. Um, but I think it's kind of an interesting point. So I've actually I've enjoyed the kind of the meta of the big hits at the end, and I guess the only part that I, I sort of do agree with you on is that it's almost encouraging you to not even just take a risk, but send out on a big hit, knowing you're going to take one back and still gain 500 acres overall. Um, so yeah, we've seen yeah. in the past a few people have kind of done that, knowing that they basically give three acres to a top attacker, knowing that they'll still get a net gain. Yeah, to get that second or third place finish, you see that quite often. Okay, um, looking at another another question that we had was that is Wood Elf success this round broken, or is it just favourable circumstances with uh, fast attackers dying and some well timed? Um, Rezone hits, uh, and also is it because there's just no goblins that have been there in the round this round, so it kind of takes that initial converting position. 
Yeah, I what think, happened to goblins? Well, yeah. Well, there's like you know, you give a little price cre- increase or something, and then you know the cockroaches scatter and find a different thing to play with, right? That's what always happens. Whenever you give a price increase to one race, everybody doesn't play it for a round until the next round, and then it comes back with a vengeance usually, right? But I just want to touch with with Wood Elf. I think their perfect niche spot is doing exactly this. The slow attacking, you get your prestige, which is huge, right? And you have a little bit of tech tech sprinkled in there. I think that is by far the best way to play Wood Elf, slow attacking, by far. Yeah, but do we think they're... Um... Is it just over-representation in this round, or do we uh, think there's an issue with them and that they're kind of too strong? No, I, I don't think Wood Elf are too strong. Like, I think, you know, once you find, like, a nice, like, path to go with them, they're just smooth, right? So, I personally, I don't think Wood Elf are uh, underrepresented, overrepresented. I think they're just perfect the way they are, right? Like a Goldilocks piece of porridge. Well, I also think the ones that have made the big hits um, have paid a lot <laughs> to make those hits. So I, I think it looks, it looks better than it is at the moment. I also think just in terms of um, having a unique capability as a race, like Wood Elf do with these massive rezone hits and it, it just adds a bit of interesting flavor to the game. I quite like how, how Wood Elf operate. Yeah, yeah I got a problem with where they're at. Yeah, they're, they're like, uh, the rezone's just like, it's kind of like a suicide, except you're generally safer on it because you're increasing your defense as well and you just pay for it and they kind of have to rebuild everything after the fact. I do wonder though whether they're. It looks, um, whether, it looks real sexy when they get that big hit, but it really slows them down. Exactly, yeah, and uh, I think a lot of the time people first time playing with Elf um, don't realize just how much it's going to cost them in terms of uh, rebuilding because it can take days to rebuild just the land that you've like you know that you just cut yourself, not even considering the the additional land you get from a, a giant hit. You were just talking about the goblins as well, and I think if I was to repick uh, a strategy, having like thinking that there would be uh, no other players doing it, then uh, I think I would have taken taken Gobbo for this round. Agree with you, Rio. I think this was the round to pick <laughs> to go with the 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 quick convert goblin strat. I think somebody said it earlier in the Dom chat, and yeah, this is definitely the round to do it. Yeah, Goblin looks strong as is, right? Doing a quick convert strat like they usually do. They they look solid doing it. It's just a slight price increase, and you have everybody running for the hills. I have a feeling they'll be back next round. 
Yeah, I think that'd be a pretty big uh, bounce back for them as well. How do we feel about uh, spirits and uh, undead then as well? I, I, I definitely agree with everything that Worf said uh, last pod. I, I mean, um, for anybody paying attention, um, it's a little ridiculous what one or two of these spirits have really gone through and where they're still at at the moment. They're way too strong. And, and really what they've done to themselves and are still in a position to do something, right? Dude, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, like, I think worst is spot on. It's just, you know, if you had a better driver in the vehicle, it would be a lot more worse than it is right now, is what my personal opinion is on it. Yeah, I don't know who's who's playing planet i you know i haven't been paying attention to every move but just seeing what they've done you know i mean they've gone through hell and they've done a lot of things that would be very costly to a lot of other you know uh races pretty much any other race and <laughs> pretty much any other race wouldn't be able to stand right now where they're at and they're looking stronger yeah like i would think and hope that there's going to be some changes because you know we're in a, a situation where it's there's a possibility of a spirit going back to back and i think this round like i don't feel like the spirit has done enough to take the win so if it does take the win then I if I would think you need to address that in a game balance perspective. Rush, what do you think? Distracted by some in realm messaging. Um, what was the question? <laughs> well, we haven't declared war on you, so you're good. <laughs> oh. I said, uh, what's your thoughts on the spirits and undeads? Spirits seem really strong um, under the right circumstances. And they're definitely very easy to block to death. Uh, and I like, I, I guess I kind of like that the, the rework on undead has given fresh life, no pun intended, to the undeads. But I'm not sure it's working quite the way everybody's happy with. I, I don't think they want to see, you know, bottom feeding going on. Uh, it's not really helpful for the player base. So it might, might need to be looked at. Uh, but the, I think the committee that redesigned them did a good job overall. Uh, it just maybe needs a few tweaks to disincentivize bottom feeds on players. You could maybe just allow it on bots only, something like that.
I have a feeling where where Rio's at because he's being quiet. Yeah, so my uh, my my thought is just that the spirit this round seemed to be in a much stronger kind of like starting position than I did. I think they started things better with their their kind of setup. I guess I kind of showed that you can play it pretty efficiently because I was mostly elites um, last round. I've just found what they've done so kind of like boring and just in terms of like all their hits have been really really safe they've not really kind of like gone after anyone there's been no suicides no kind of like hit exchanges nothing like that every every send is safe there's been some things that i think have been mistakes made by them um but they just kind of kept on marching on so it's going to be one of the most uninterested wins if it does happen um and not that you have to be like flashy with you know with every kind of like attack, but it's nice to get some kind of big move to kind of like put on your resume, and um, just kind of like not seen it. It's just seemed to be very, very safe, easy, clinical kind of like climb up the ranks for them. So um, if that's the case, if you can play it that way without taking risks, making some mistakes, then maybe the race is just too strong. Um, no, they so, say yeah. sometimes slow and steady wins the race. And that's it. And usually I, I, I tend to argue the opposite, you know, like usually I'd say like, you don't need to be flashy. Being clinical is better. Um, but you still want to see some kind of action, you know, like I was kind of last round when I was playing, I was a little bit kind of feeling bad that all the fast attackers were doing all the damage to each other. And I was able to kind of catch up and it wasn't until, you know, mid round where I was kind of forced into doing something that I kind of really got into the game. Um, but, but maybe just spirits too strong and um, yeah I, I just like to see something I like to see some kind of uh, big move or, or action to kind of like really kind of pinpoint why someone's going to win a round is, is your argument essentially that they're too strong because they're boring <laughs> that you can play them really boring you don't have to take huge risks well you don't have to make any risks is what my point but is you, if you, but isn't, isn't that person isn't that spirit only winning because because the big risk players kind of well he's not winning could potentially win uh, isn't he potentially going to win because the big risk players have all taken their risks and kind of cancelled each other out? Yeah, potentially, um, and it could just be that they're just the only one that's kind of like they're just the strongest of what's left. I don't think I think a lot of the other people like haven't been hit either, but you know like I'll take kind of like Murph's realm as a, as an example. Their slow guys early on in the round were me taking lots and lots of risks, and I don't think they'd been hit until you know the suicide that had happened. So they were kind of doing taking all the chances, really kind of like doing what they possibly could to kind of climb up the ranks and get into a strong position, and then the spirit barely sends out any kind of like flex whatsoever just every hit's been really really like ultra safe so if you can do that and end up winning then i think there's probably more of a problem with the race than necessarily kind of like the gameplay so since we're being specific about who we're talking about (laughs) um earlier on in the round we actually ward them and we fireballed him into oblivion and he still came back in, you know, it, it's, it's like nothing happened. You know what I mean? 
if if that would have happened to me, if I would have been fireballed like that, um, I wouldn't have a chance. Yeah, are you talking one more? Because we, I've I've discovered over playing multiple rounds as a black opper that one war fireballing someone to hell usually doesn't actually kill them. Uh, you need to do it multiple times if you really want to end. Someone. Yeah, maybe doesn't kill them, right? But should you know really hinder their chances, right? But here's the thing: that's one example of something that went bad for that spirit, where there's been another three or four situations throughout the round you know based on his play and things that have happened to him that it shouldn't allow him to be in the position that he's in right now I don't want to get too uh, specific just because, you know, I don't want to be like Murph and break the rules. <laughs> I never break the rules. I walk the line. There's a few things I want to say, but I can't because it would just end up being info sharing. So I'm not going to. Was that yeah, Murph? You didn't break the rules? No, you walk the line. You identify where the rule is, and oh, you go oh. up to the line of that rule, and that's where I exist. Well, I didn't speak to the entire rules committee, but two of three of them said you did. Well, then why didn't anything happen to me? Because I told them it would be stupid to freeze you for something stupid like that. I, did, I, did, I, I, didn't, I don't, you know, that's not a legitimate, like, there's got to be some other way that we can punish people for for breaking the rules um, other than just like taking them totally out of the game. For anybody else listening to this, what rule was Murph's alleged to have broken? He was being very specific about my forest havens and calling people to arms against me. I literally got, that's when nine warred me 24 hours after the release of the podcast. Yeah, I we, was we bored. Had- Snared. Well, I'm in nine. I know, nine, I know. So I, well, listen, I, can, I can tell I, you, I can tell I you get conclusively it. I, that... But I'm just going to discuss this conspiracy theory here. No, I understand that there wasn't actually communication between the two of you guys. I understand that. But okay. that's, that's, that's not... I, I, I do think that that is beside the point. Um, it could have happened. You know what I mean? And it could happen in the future. And, and I, I just think that... You literally spoke about specifics of my dom, called me out, and you know I, you're not supposed to do that. If you said those things in the dom chat, they would have been erased immediately. But they're on the podcast, so it's okay. Yeah, we we do a commentary on the game. So right, and I okay, and the other thing is right, like I don't want to. The pod's obviously really good for the game. Um, and it's like, if you don't talk about like some of the details, like what are you really talking about? Right. Like, so I, I do think it is for the greater good. And I agree with the rules committee on that and, and everything else, but to the letter of the law, you did break the rules. 
So, right. I, I mean, uh, allegedly, I guess. So I think it was probably worth just kind of um, discussing it as well because I, I do think every so often kind of we do, we do get into a point where we do probably overstate more than we should do. You know, like I, I think it's always fine to kind of speak historically about stuff, especially if it's been like a few days since something's happened and then that's always kind of like fair game. But we do sometimes talk about hypotheticals of what could happen and uh and i know like dan and i spoke kind of like privately about this as well like after after it happened all the things he's talking about um sometimes the hypotheticals can be kind of like interpreted as instruction or suggestions on what to do um it's, it's kind of hard it's hard to really like toe that line without it being potentially misconstrued as uh, you know trying to like incite something and i think that's kind of what we're kind of like we're getting at here is that if you listen back to what we said and then saw what actually happened shortly after, it definitely can be linked to kind of like suggest that that's that we've kind of like suggested, you know, war Dan because he doesn't have any forest havens, it'll be an easy fireball target. Um, whereas he might have said, you know, there's a, a potential runaway right now. If they've got low protection, then you might potentially war them, or you could wait for somebody to suicide them, or you could just try to catch them up later on. But what happened is quite specific to what ended up happening with the game so i think it's just always worth kind of coming back around and, and kind of like thinking about what we are saying and, uh, and what we are sharing also if you listen to all of the also if you listen to all of the the podcasts i think murph bangs the drum for war against somebody every single episode He's, he's never not calling for war against somebody. He started off this podcast by saying he was going to, you know, come at him for war again. I disagree. It it depends on if Murph's in it or not. If When Murph gets hit right out the gate, yeah, he's going to start throwing names around and being specific about details and tell everybody where he's at. But there are rounds where Murph does not disclose where he's at because he's he or someone in his, you know, crew is in it. Uh, well, if you... Listen back to when Bobo ran away there. Uh, I openly said, the only way you're going to stop him is if multiple people wore us. Right? You can listen back and, and hear that. Yeah, but it was a different position. I, I never clearly broke away yet. There was still potential for people to you know stop me, and they literally did 24 hours after you said that. Right. Because it's obvious, right? I mean, yeah. If, yeah. if I have to state the obvious, then you know what's what's going on here. I think I can see both sides of it. To be fair, I can see why after that happening, you would be kind of incensed about it, Dan. But I can also, you kind of have to understand as well that the, the podcast is commenting on the game, and people are going to see this stuff regardless of whether or not. Uh, there's a podcast about it. It definitely calls attention to it in a way that you might not want. But yeah, no, I can see both sides of it. But I, I'm kind of erring on the side of that was going to happen. We had plans to do that to you anyway. We were going to come after you anyway. The podcast made no difference to our decision whatsoever. Um, so I do think on this occasion, I don't really think that 
the podcast really because it was only our realm that, that came after you on top of four so it didn't really influence and any difference i i understand where you're coming from too but i gotta say the same thing back to you that you know you probably have that opinion because you're in nine as well right like you probably feel that way a little bit more because you're in nine you know you didn't have any communication with four about it but if you look at it from maybe anybody else perspective and i know that i, I you know i'm a little biased as, as well especially in the moment i was furious right uh but you know yeah i i think we're all a little biased in the situation but i think it's still i i think i think murph's just gotta be a little more careful um but i do think rio does a really good job with it you gotta be careful giving props to an englishman <laughs> Well, I'm actually, I'm still just going back to uh, the conversation Dan and I, and I had, and I, I do kind of remember at the time thinking, and it wasn't just yourself, Murphy, I forget who was on the pod at the time, but the, the conversation was kind of escalating to kind of revealing more and more info, and I definitely remember at the time feeling a little bit, uh, are we overstepping here? Um, definitely in like the grey area, so. Um, I know, yeah. I know from from experience that you guys cut stuff from the podcast. There's been podcasts where we've talked about certain things, and then Murph has gone through it and thought that's too much information to share and taken out. And it's not for his own benefit. It's protected. One round it protected you, Rio. You know, the, the guy he's going to want to take down the most, usually considering your rivalry. Um, so I know, I know from experience, some stuff do- definitely doesn't make it through. There is, there is editorial applied to this podcast and it's probably worth actually murph you you kind of comment on that because we we don't discuss what's going to stay and, and what's not you know i kind of leave it to to you to kind of do the edit and, and release it so so what kind of comes up when you do kind of go through the editing for, um, for what you take out well if it's like overt stuff or if it's like a location that a guy didn't necessarily want released or information that they just blurted out accidentally right then and you know and you say hey you know i didn't mean to for, to say that then yeah i'll definitely go through and, and edit that out right but for that situation with dan i didn't feel like there was anything that wasn't like ridiculously obvious and i mean the thing is i had basically told dan through the podcast what we were about to do right so if you want to be negligent and just do nothing about it, then that's on you. But I had said, we are going to black off the fuck out of you, right? Is basically what I was saying to you. Yeah, but you wouldn't have had a chance if Nine didn't intervene. You, All of you were out of my range. What? Didn't we have like six guys in your range? No one with Blop's potential was in my range before I got hit by Nine. No, he's he's right on that because that was it was like two days after Blops went live, he escaped our range, which I think is a a lunatic speed to get out of Blops' range, but it annoyed me at the time. That's why I remember it. Uh, but it was Sly's snare hit. Uh, we had we had five not bloppers but attackers and one one or two explorers, I think, that were in range and able to snare him. I wasn't in range. Um, and that hit from Sly brought him back down into the domain of us bloppers, and then we set him on fire. Set me on fire and snared me for like 12 hours. Yeah, and imagine if you were a spirit. (laughs) 
You'd be totally fine. <laughs> exactly. I, I was hoping that was where you were going with that. <laughs> yep. You wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even be like a bug on the windscreen. You'd just be like, you know, blue skies. We're on a nice, long, winding Route 66 here. Going to Santa Fe, you know? Nothing but nothing but the sun. I agree. It wouldn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. What have we gone to war with round one like three times now? Yeah, it's been something like that. How come you guys hung around so long in the last war? Were you guys well, waiting for the, the wonder if we took yeah, it? We were, we were gonna take the wonder, but unfortunately our explorers decided not to build defense for like a good day and a half. And then the Aries dropped. Yeah, so I couldn't risk feeding anymore, so I had to undeclare, unfortunately, or else, or else we would have the fountain. But I just, I didn't want to like sit there for another twenty-four plus hours because I knew you guys were just going to sit there, twiddle your thumbs, leave that stupid thing on hundred k, right, and see how many more mistakes our explorers could make, right, before we took the hundred percent. Yep, that's exactly what our yeah. game plan was. Yeah, so I mean, it was very obvious what was happening there. We're sad to see you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, well, you know what they say. You know, I'll be back, right? <laughs> oh, I have no doubt. You have a hard on for us this round, so yeah, I have no doubt you're coming back. It's just when you got to time it right, and you got to make sure explorers have defense. Yeah, and we'll all, be ready. All, all the all the box all the boxes need to be checked, right? We'll be ready. Well, I hope so. That war bonus goes both ways. Yeah, I know. That's why I was sad you guys didn't mutual there eventually. Uh, it was strategic for the wonder. And I was actually pretty shocked that you didn't decide to suicide our wood elf. I was, you know, I, uh, yeah. I left right. the decisions up to you know, other people, because me personally, I'm out of it. So I'm letting them make the decisions on what I do now. <laughs> so, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, they, they, they told me to go to bed. Yeah. Cause we left it just enough. So you could, if you wanted to. Oh, I know. Well, you didn't take the bait. <laughs> no, because it would have been good. Feed. Yep. Because I was I was banking on the fact that you'd rather go out swinging than go out with a whimper, right? I, I usually do. So that was my uh, assumption was that you were gonna sue the Woody and then we could just feed on you, right? But unfortunately, your brain trust overcame. Yeah, smarter people than me. Yeah. Yeah, worst worst's got a good head on his shoulders, so does so does Swamp Fox. I've already gotten enough spankings from worse this round. Oh really? He's he's putting the paddle to you. Yeah, two or three times, but I deserve it. Would he understand the dazed and confused reference of that? 
You're going to have to ask him. Right, but do you think he's ever seen the movie? Uh, good chance. He's up on his uh, his culture, um, you know, Western culture for sure. Yeah, you gotta you gotta custom make the paddle for Dan, I guess, eh? Rio and Rush, have you guys seen Days and Confused? No, yeah, I know. That's the uh, that's the one with like Matthew McConaughey in, right? This first, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, and Ben Affleck is. I think that might might be one of his first movies he does, and he's the guy. I think he's uh, O'Banion or something. I forget what his name is, but he's the guy that's like chasing around like the junior high kids with a with a big old wooden battle and laying into him. And Rush, did you say you saw, you saw that movie? No, I haven't seen it. No, I'm just looking it up on Google now. I definitely haven't seen it. Yeah, it's an early '90s classic, I would say. It's '90s, but it's like based on '70s or something, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, I was going to say it doesn't. It doesn't look at all like a '90s movie. It looks like a '70s movie. Yeah, totally. It's a, it's a '70s reflect. For sure. Have you guys seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, by the way? No. I don't have time for movies uh, anymore. Which one's Volume 3? I've seen some of them. It's the one that just basically released there like two months ago. Oh, uh, then no. I'm not seeing that one. Okay. Yeah, because I, I know there's not a, like good movies that really release anymore. It's all like... Uh, you know, like how to one up each other on on who's like gay or you know not gay, but like you know maybe not straightforward anymore. You know, it's like androgynous stuff. It's just weird. Was this your segue to bonus holes? Yes, it is. I'm working my way there. <laughs> so you've got you're basically describing the bug lady from Guardians of the Galaxy as a way to talk about bonus holes. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's, I, that's the weirdest segue I think you've made yet, Murph. Well, you got to keep it fresh, buddy. <laughs> but how how weird is that now that like just calling something that it is is like offensive to people, right? Like now that you have to essentially like change the language to like help people feel more comfortable, right? Like, I mean, you just can't call a vagina vagina anymore. It's a fucking bonus hole. Like, what what gives? Like, what's your guys' opinion on that? To me, it just sounds a little ridiculous. So the, the article where that you that you shared where somebody was calling it a bonus, it's just some random head of a charity. It's not like official terminology or anything. It's just some lunatic, <laughs> as far as I can tell. I don't think anybody's saying, oh, now we need to call transsexuals as persons with bonus holes or something like that my dom namesake might feel differently about that but yeah i agree with you rush i've just got no idea what you're talking about right now i'm kind of happier in in that way yeah 
Well, you should because it's a UK-based charity. Here's the headline for you, Rio. UK women's cancer charity calls female genitals bonus holes to be less offensive to trans people. I didn't know calling somebody's private part a vagina was offensive to begin with. Right? I really doubt. I really doubt the trans community is on board with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think Russia's right in that the uh, the the person who's come up with it, it's it's their own ideas. I don't think it's reflective of uh, of their wider organization or or society at all. Um. So I I I just ignore that. And uh, yeah, I was wondering where you were going to about movies and people trying to one up on gayness. I, I, I don't know how that would work, but anyway, you just you just wait, man. The next Marvel movie, they'll be talking about bonus holes. You just wait, give it a couple years. Because yeah, here, let me read, let me read you a snippet of this. Uh, this little article here, it says the guidelines recommend. So this is okay. So this LGBT foundation to release a set of guidelines. So this is like the UK's LGBT foundation, whatever really that means. I don't know, but the guidelines recommend that the word vagina be replaced by front hole or bonus hole. Right? Like that just sounds funny to me. All I can think of right now is uh, I miss Dave and his uh, tourism talks of Utah. <laughs> yeah, knowing Utah uh, as I do and how religious it is, I severely doubt they'd be having the front hole bonus hole conversation. And really, I would think the back hole would be the bonus hole. Don't you guys think? I suppose when you don't have a front. <laughs> You know, I think Murphy. I think it's getting late, and uh, I mean, we should maybe start calling an end to this. Oh right, right, right. Because you don't. Wanna, I'm you sure. Don't I'm else. sure everybody just stopped listening anyway. <laughs> when they're actually in bonus time. time at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> we're in bonus time. Yeah. All right, so uh, we'll go through final thoughts here, Dan. Uh, do you have any final thoughts or things you'd like to share? No, I, I guess. Uh, I don't, um, you know, having been this, this been my first time, you know, getting out in front and being top op for a while and stuff like that and almost running away. Uh, I don't envy anyone who gets in that fucking position, uh, cause it is very stressful and kind of takes the, a lot of the fun out of the game, honestly. Um, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's not easy. So for anybody, you know, Who's never been in the spot, you know, it's not easy and it's definitely, you know, it's, it's, they, when people get in that spot, they definitely deserve, you know, the win if they get the win. So when you're in the front hole position, you're less comfortable than chasing the front hole? I, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about anymore. <laughs> I got you. I got you. You prefer the back hole. I got you. Okay. So real, uh, any final thoughts? You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm steering clear of that. I, I think it's just it's great that there's still kind of like an open. I'm going to be really careful with my words here and an open end to the uh, the round finished right now. You know, there's still pretty firmly like three rounds in it. So 
So um, it'll be nice to see what happens in the last couple of weeks. Are you slightly sad that you're not going to three-peat? Uh, yeah, I, I knew that the chances were extremely uh, low. Um, but I, I would have liked to have had a chance for it. Um, but my uh, my realm's not been the strongest this uh, this round, so there was no chance we were really going to compete with so many uh, much stronger, larger realms. So are we oh, blaming well. Mint, or...? What's that, sorry? I said, are we blaming Omint for this, or what? No, just our, our realm makeup was awful. We, uh, we've only got three active players who kind of, like, use Discord at all. So, um, and then two of those are, are very new, so it was more like uh, just a, a bit of a, a learning round and just kind of, like, just trying what we could this round, but we never really had a shot, so... Um, so it's just been kind of fun to just like spectate, see what's going on, and see what kind of figure out what other people are going to do. Um, so, so that's kind of been our round for uh, for my pack and my realm. And it definitely sounds a little lackluster, hey? Yeah, but you know, like like Dan said, being on the front is really really hard work. So in a way, it's been good that I've not had that stress um, and you know lack of sleep. I've I've slept through most nights pretty reasonably which has uh, been a nice change from the last two rounds so that's been a bit of a blessing and rush uh, would you say you have any final thoughts um yeah i guess my final thoughts would be that if you ever find yourself with symptoms of kidney stones and you're sent to the hospital to get examined make sure you check that the physician examining you is actually medically qualified Otherwise, you might end up with a finger up the arse. Is that... Did you visit a glory hole recently, or what are you talking about? No, no. I, I was admitted to hospital with symptoms of kidney stones, and the first thing the doctor did was put a finger up my bum. Which, you know, which, yeah. I was already in some discomfort, and then he made it worse. Yeah, how do you... Do you can you check the kidneys with a finger up the bum? Like, he was checking... Was he was checking. No, no, no. <laughs> He was checking my prostate to make sure it wasn't in line. Like he's got like a twelve-inch finger. Like, was that his real finger? I don't, I don't know, man. He went pretty deep. It was like it was at least two knuckles deep, I think. And that's Did he lose his watch? How far you need to go. <laughs> it yeah, might still you, be in there. You have knows. a clicking bum now, Rush. <laughs> no, no, no clicking bum. Thank God. Okay. All right. Well, did okay. And the other the other clarifying point here is: Did he get you to cough first? No, he didn't. He just went straight in. See? So there's no heads up. At least if was, you knew was, that they're like, hey, can you cough? You're like, okay, well, yep. something's about to enter here. No foreplay at all. Just roll onto your side. You may feel some discomfort. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even tell you. They just went for it, huh? Yeah, he just he went straight in, man. He went to town. <laughs> wow. like, at least give you something to read, right? Wow. <laughs> Well, you know what's kind of funny about this is we just had like a 15-minute conversation about sharing too much information, and that's how you're going to end the pod on. I think it's perfect, right? It's it's part of the bonus round, man. <laughs> and I would say my parting words of wisdom are that uh, the British Grand Prix is happening this weekend. So let's all root for a British driver to win it instead of Verstappen. Hey, what do you think? Lando Norris can win it? I mean, we can dream, right? Yeah, like I'm, I'm, at, I'm legitimately rooting for McLaren this weekend. 
Because that would just be so fun to see Lando Norris beat Verstappen, you know? But on that note, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us this week. And uh, I think we'll be back next week, uh, next weekend, because really that's the final drive to, to get home, you know? So we'll definitely want to cover the, the final stretch. What do you think, Rio? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think we can do that. All right. Right on. So thanks. For Should everybody. be a good end. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be honestly – it's a nail biter, I think, towards the end here, right? Like that's the hope, at least. Honestly, I think there's three or four realms in it, so yeah, should be good. Uh, totally concur. All right, guys. So we'll catch you on the next one, and thanks for joining.